This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon, where pretty much every Sunday you get all of this again. You get a bonus episode of Says Who that we call the Town Watch. If you give it the five or ten dollar a month level, that ten dollar a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail because you become a member of the Says Who sticker club. And speaking of stickers in the mail, Maureen, Hmm? this literally just arrived. (gasps) Five minutes ago. Oh my god, I'm so excited this for that. Is the January sticker. If you gave January first, it is going to be packed up and sent to you shortly. It is a ghoul of Pismo Beach sticker. It's incredible. Anyway, patreon.com slash says who. Hey, everybody. Guess what? Books. Um I wrote some. If you buy them, I may live longer. That's so great of you. Thank you for buying the books and stuff. Everything's great. <laughs> if you would like to order Maureen's books on the internet and not support uh, a little piece of shit man. Spaceman. You can go to kickbezosintheballs.org, our own little bookshop, where you can order Maureen's book or other books if you would like. Kickbezosintheballs.org. Speaking of buying things on the internet, why not mosey on over to merch.sayswhopodcast.com, our own little merch store, where you can actually get Ghoul of Pismo Beach t-shirts on sand-colored tees. Wow. Ready for you. Merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Seem good, Maureen. Yep. Great. Seem great. I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> Should so, we do this? I mean, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Woot. Ready to go. Feeling great. Welcome. Oh, look at that. So says it. That was so sad. <laughs> didn't even annoy me. Oh, no. It didn't I, annoy me at all. I thought you looked, you know. I was just curious as to whether you were going to attempt, and the answer yeah, was no. I did. Did you? That was my attempt. Oh, that's sad. So says who the podcast, it isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. I'm Maureen Johnson. Well, so here's what's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Look, I feel like I really actually did this right. Mm -hmm. I had one goal, which was to get home before any rebound hit. If it hit. Yes. And I did that. I succeeded. You sure did. I absolutely did that. So I got home. I traveled home all day Monday. <laughs> all day Monday. Um, the flights were fine. Yeah. I did fly first class. That helps. I paid the extra. Sure. Because I was in no shape. Yeah. To try that scrum. I was like, I'm going to pay you money. Yeah. I said, Harper Collins, I'm going to pay the money. <laughs> Because I cannot run through that airport. Yeah. And I'm trying not to breathe on people. Makes sense. So I did it. And I spent, it was like a very chilled out flight. Like I spent a lot of it, usually during flights, I'm always trying to work or do something. 
Yeah. And I just spent a lot of the flight just staring out the window, listening to music. I was just very like, relaxed. Nice. Like yeah. just not quite, not, you know, just very di- like distant, but happy. Like just like, oh, I'm in the sky in a seat. Yeah. And then I changed in Denver and I got on another flight. <clears throat> I flew home. Yep. I drank by sticking a straw and then sliding it through the side of my. So I drank some Gatorade like like that. Yeah. Um, also, I bought this bottle of water okay. at the airport. And I wanted to point it out to you because now they sell you bottles of water that are in. Aluminum. Like fully. These things feel like full on thermoses. Yeah. And I'm like, we're just supposed to throw these away when right. we're. Like, it feels crazy. Yeah. Because it feels like you drink from a thermos and then you throw the thermos away. Yeah. I just, I mean, it feels thick. I guess it's not, but I don't know. It just feels like more like the end days when yeah. we're just getting rid of stuff. So anyway, Dan, mm. fluids are apparently very important right now. Anyway, you may have guessed from the sound of my voice that I have rebounded. Yeah. I rebounded last night. I I just want to give a little bit of contextual record because I got a text from you yesterday at mm-hmm. 6.13 p.m. Mm-hmm. Central Time. Mm-hmm. And it is two photographs uh-huh. of an Abbott Labs Binax Now test. Right. And it is as clear and COVID-free as those tests get. It I is was a, excited. It is a red line at control. There is no line uh, there's no additional line. You even sent me. So one is sort of the zoomed out shot of the test where you see the sort of little lollipop stick and all of that. Uh-huh. Then you gave me a, a zoom in just on the lines that then I zoomed in further because you had had a progressively lighter COVID test line yep. over the last few days. So I did. I zoomed in even more. There is no line there. It is 6.13 p.m. Yep. Central time. And I respond seems clear and because i don't use an iphone i get these sorts of things as texts and i get a liked seems clear from yep. you at 617 then i tell you a little story at 724 yeah i gotta blow my nose you guys i'm telling you a little adorable story sorry sorry guys it's okay this is just really, real we're I'm getting really real. sorry at 737 so how, how much time has elapsed? Okay, you sent me a text at 6.13. Mm-hmm. I told you a story that lasted about four minutes from 7.24 to 7.28. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes later, 7.37, mm-hmm. you write, I just started sneezing like crazy. Then you write, that's how this started. Yep. And then... I say, you should go to bed, get some sleep. And you respond, it came up fast. And then there's a photograph Mm. of another COVID test Mm -hmm. with two visible lines. Yeah, really nice, bright ones. Yeah. No question. None. So that one I showed you, I took in the morning. Okay. So I took that by next one. Well, not in the morning because I woke up at noon because I was... I fell asleep at two in the morning. Sure. So I must have taken it around one. Yeah. One or two in the afternoon. 
So, but one or two in the afternoon, that test is clear. Yeah. So Oscar and I, we were debating like, how do we be in the house? Like, cause he goes to work. So I came out mm -hmm. during the day. Okay. I was wearing a mask. He wasn't. So I, I was masked though. That yeah. is going to change. <laughs> but, um, I seize again, you guys. I seize a bunch. Not as much as I was last night, but oh boy, I just sneeze. It's a lot of this. Sorry, I found a pack of tissues. Um, so I was fine, and so we got dinner. I ordered dinner. I was too lazy to make it. And that's not lazy. You should not have made dinner last night. So good job. No, I was like, I'm not. I'm not cooking. Like, let's just get takeout. And I'd already ordered takeout for lunch. Yeah. So I was like, I just, I'm, I'm, I just knew, I'm like, this is actually what it's for. Yeah. I ordered a veggie burger in the afternoon. I ate that. And then I was hungry again. I am, let me tell you something. COVID has not diminished my appetite at all. I am eating up a storm. I am like eating bigger meals than I ever have. I'm like, bring it on. Anyway, we ate dinner. I took my mat. We ate together. So I was next to him. About 15 minutes. Put my mask yeah. back on. Fine. We watch a TV show. He goes to take a bath. Five minutes later, sneeze, 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 yeah. sneeze, 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 like a machine gun. And that's exact. And it was at the pretty much the same time of day that it started in the first place. It was like yeah. it was like an exact repeat. I was like, right around dinner time, right around now, I start sneezing like crazy. I'm like, hmm, that feels a lot like before that my throat started to hurt. I was like, God damn it. I think I'm just going to take a test, but probably nothing will. And then the second I took it, I saw the line go bloop. It's like, all right. Yeah. I got, I got a rebound. But yep. um, this rebound, while not pleasant, is not bad. It just feels like a really gross, bad cold. Do you have a fever? No. No. So you're no, just I mean, snotty as hell. And I feel pretty, I feel gross. Like yeah. I feel tired and like my head hurts and. You know, it just feels like a bad cold where you're just really run down. Yeah. And you don't feel like yourself, but you're like, eh, it's fine. Like, it's, yeah. So this was day 10. Yeah. Day 10 is day 10 is the new day one. <laughs> and now the goal is to keep Oscar from getting it. Yeah. Entirely achievable. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I tried to I had all the windows open last night. Yeah. Froze the house out. Like so yeah. cold. I woke up. I was like, okay, I got to go. Like I will get sicker from the freezingness of this. Like I am, I am freezing. Yeah. So I shut all the windows, uh, but he's gone during the day. Right. So I can roam freely during the day. Totally. And then I'll tell him, text me before you get home. Yep. I'll air out the house. Totally. I also have a can of Lysol that I've been carrying around. So like basically yeah. when I use a room, I just Lysol it out. Do y'all have an air purifier? I have one downstairs. I'm going to go get it. And okay. I think I'm going to put it in the office where I am generally. Downstairs meaning you got it delivered? No, no. I have a, remember I have a, I have a storage space. Oh, right. Okay. Got it's it. It's in the storage space. Okay. So I'm going to go down and get it. I mean, break. maybe have Oscar do it, go down and get it. Uh, Maybe. I feel like I had to walk the dog. You know, I had to do that kind yeah. of stuff, but I didn't. I didn't feel great, but I was like, I, she's going, she's not going for long walks. She's going for right. short walks. Um, I'm looking around and I notice things like, I don't think Oscar's changed the sheets since I've been gone or he's, uh -huh. he's existed entirely on takeout. 
Yeah. Because he's had a, a work week from hell, too. Of course. I went looking. This is how was, these things go. I went looking for things. I was like, we're entirely out of toilet paper. We're entirely out of tissues. We're enti- All the stuff that I keep stocked right. is gone. Right. So I'm like, I already got fresh direct yesterday. I'm going to get it. I already ordered an express order for today. Yeah. Got the dog food coming. I got tissues coming and toilet paper coming and orange juice coming. I'm going to make soup or I'm going to order soup. Okay. Soup is on the menu no matter what. Finally. No matter where it's coming from, it's soup. I have to eat in my office, though. Yeah, definitely. I eat in my office and I sleep in my office. I've been sleeping on the guest bed. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's having having done COVID in our house twice and it having it not spread beyond the person who tested positive each time. The key is not simultaneous eating, yeah. you know, and not sleeping in the same space and masking if you are in shared environment. And as much as you can open windows, we, when the little one had COVID, which was almost a year ago now, uh, it was February. It was very cold outside. So we just had sort of one window cracked, but enough to bring cool air in and enough to bring cool air in that it made the uh, paint and plaster on our living room ceiling completely freak out and fall off, which was great. That's great. (laughs) We still have like a gaping peeled paint hole on our ceiling from that fun endeavor. That was me and me and Janice were sleeping on the living room floor. So because the little one shares a bedroom. And uh, you would wake up with chunks of the ceiling having fallen down on you. Well, I am made gl- you feel real good. I am glad that I preemptively canceled the UK tour leg because yeah, I was supposed to be on a plane on January thirty first. Oh, which wow. would not happen. Now. Right. I mean, I guess technically, if I cleared in five days, I could be on a. But I don't think I'm going to be like, I think I'm still going to be in the resting right. phase because you are yeah. supposed to really rest. Yes, you should absolutely rest as much as you can. So, um, so yeah. We booked the tour for the spring. I was going with Holly Black. There was like a scheduled right. bunch of events that were going on, but it's fine. I feel so bad for everybody that had to reschedule all this stuff for me. I was like, I'm so sorry. There were all these interviews and like appearances and travel Somebody had to, like people had to reschedule all of that. So I have like an inbox full of messages about rescheduling things. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, everybody. Because <laughs> I'm just going to, again, I'm still unpacking, Ben. Yeah. I'm unpacking from crisp, two Christmases and a tour. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like I just kind of gently go in and move stuff around. It's going to take me a week to do it. Oh, at least. Also, you really should not push hard to do, I'm not, accomplish like, anything or do anything. You like I emptied rest. my suitcase. Yeah. And then I cleaned my, because I know I'm a new white suitcase that I'm putting stickers on. So I cleaned it off. I cleaned the scuffs off with a little scuff marker. Yeah. And I rubbed it dry. I set it aside. My former editor, the one that retired, sent me a plant. Dan, this plant is huge. Okay. It's huge. It weighs as much as me. Like I have had to try to pick it up and put it on a piece of furniture, and it really took an effort to lift this plant up. I don't know what this plant is made of, like lead. I don't know what it's made of, but it's amazing. I mean, the receipt came with it. It's a beautiful plant. It's like a $200 plant. It's wow. a nice plant. It's so big. Well, Oscar told me, he's like, plant came. 
it's in the hallway. What do I do with it? It's huge. And I was like, well, just bring it aside. It's a plant. He's like, this plant is really big. And he, I'm like, just stick it in my office, shut the door. And I came back and there was this like tree in my office. I'm like, oh boy, that's a big plant. Um, so I was just on Etsy trying to find a plant container big enough to contain this thing. I found one from a maker in Spain made of recycled plastic that's really cool. So it's basically like a giant, giant bucket that I've ordered to put <laughs> this massive plant in. Sure. Which is good because 50% of my other plants have died. Yeah. Like, it's just, I came back to... Because you've been gone for a month and a half or whatever. Dead plants. Yeah. Piles of mail. Sure. Boxes. Mm-hmm. I still have to go file a restraining order. Yeah. Um, there's going to be construction next door. Of course. Um, I've work to do. Yeah. The, ho- the house is literally just complete chaos. There's so much stuff you almost can't pass the floor because there's yeah. just things everywhere. Um. It's all fine, but it's just like I'm looking around going, I need to do all these things. You definitely don't need to do anything soon. You need to heal up. I got a new wall calendar. Well, that's good. It's a I new put, year. I put that up. It's so basically that, been an entire, it's an entirely new year than the last time you were really at your home. Do you know, like, there's a video of a slide. I think it's in St. Louis. It's a really big slide that everyone breaks their nose on as they go down and it's a very famous dangerous slide. The is it the one at the city museum? The like ten story it, twisty it, slide? No, it's like a just a big slide. Somebody made a rap about the slide. It was so funny. I just feel like I'm on that slide. Yeah, like you are I, definitely on that slide. It's not a problem, but it's a bumpy ride. I mean, it's sort of a problem. I don't love having COVID. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. I think it is okay to to say that having COVID while on a book tour to promote your new book mm. that you left for having been assaulted by a neighbor that same day, mm. I think it's okay to say that all that's a problem. I will say I think probably, aside from the fact that it's very catchy, I think it got me because I was a little run down. Yeah. Like I had been kind of going nonstop and that sometimes yes. I have a little bit of a weird immune system. So I yeah. think I was I was a little more susceptible yes. to COVID. I don't want to make this all about my COVID. Everybody gets COVID. That's the thing. Uh, I feel like I absolutely lucked out with the COVID, truly. I, mean, I landed you, jam yeah, side up. You definitely. I I was thinking the other day about your absolutely gorgeous, breathtaking mm space that you got to have COVID in. And I thought, what if you had been in Houston? Yeah. I'm no offense. If you live in Houston, I have my good friend Aziz lives in Houston, loves Houston. I think that there would have been a marked difference if you were in a large hotel in downtown Houston than Uh, if you were beachside. I was originally, the tour was supposed to go to LA. Yeah. I was the one that demanded San Luis Obispo. Yeah. I was like, San Luis Obispo, my friend lives there. It's like a, it's a new place. Like we've never done that. Let's do San Luis Obispo. Yeah. I would have been in a very small hotel room in LA. Yeah. Like you really hit the jackpot on that space. I had a balcony. I had that, the door, I opened the door when I arrived. I never shut it once. Yeah. Ocean breezes the whole goddamn week, Dan. Uh. Little chair I could sit outside in, look down. 
It was, I walked, I walked to the end of the pier. I saw, be- it was beautiful. Oh God, it was beautiful. I watched surfers. So yeah. yeah, I had COVID and I was by myself. Yeah. Like it was a little bit lonely and weird. Yeah. Um, and I did, I was a little anxious the first couple of days because I was I pretty, bet. I was pretty sick. Yeah. I know I'm still talking about COVID, aren't I? It's okay. Is it? Most of the people that are listening to this episode are far more invested in your story about COVID than they are about anything else we could talk about this week. Is that so? Yes. Well, I think that it's just that everybody's been through it. I mean, not me. I know we were the outliers. We, you know, yeah. I was one of the crew of, you know, but now I've joined. A, you're in the, you're in the least exclusive club in the yeah. world. I'm in the, I'm in the big club now. I did it. Yeah. I get, I get my badge. Boom. So, um, yeah, I got my COVID badge, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, there is this feeling of having gotten it that people kind of look at you. It's like you, they, they, it's like they're like, oh, you lost your COVID virginity. Like, that's how they're sort of looking at you in a kind of like, oh, you're one of us now. Like, like it's, uh. it's kind of weird. Like, you know, like everyone in the, I swear to you, in the ER, people almost congratulated me. Wow. You've never had it before? Oh, wow. Wow. Well, welcome. And the nurse even said, oh, you've never had it. You must be completely freaked out. <laughs> And I was like, I really, I'm very feverish and tired. I've been sleeping on the wall. She's like, how about we get you to a bed? I'm like, that sounds great. I'll follow you anywhere. And so I went back and I followed and I laid down on that wonderful gurney. Oh, it was so great. I remember that gurney finally. But yeah, they were, and the doctor came in and said, oh, you've never had it. Wow. My mom went, saw her doctor. She's like, she mentioned to him, Maureen got COVID for the, never had it before wow so i guess all the health professionals out there when they meet a, a person getting it for the first time are like, wow that neato yeah yeah now have you talked to your healthcare provider since mm-hmm. you have had this rebound not since the rebound okay i talked to him all during covid yeah um he got me the pax love it really fast yeah and um he was the one that sent me over to the urgent care who sent me to the ER. So he was like, you need to, you need to be seen. Yeah. They need to listen to your chest and your heart. And, um, so I've really just had one or two really bad days with it. Yeah. Otherwise you. you just, you just feel kind of useless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the guilty phase then where it's definitely, and it's something, it makes me wonder about us as people is that I was sitting there in that hotel room going, I want to be working. Right. But I don't feel, I don't feel like it. I don't feel do, like doing anything. I just right. feel like sitting here and just staring, um, or playing Stardew Valley as I did. Um, that's that's good stuff, though. It was. It was very. That's what you got to do. Just escape a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really ever had time like that recently, so I feel like it was it was a very interesting. Like, what would you do, Dan, if you were say you were me? Yeah. You go out to California for something. Yep. Boom, you get COVID, you're sick. Yeah. You get st- you're in a hotel, ocean, yep. beautiful, bright hotel room. Yeah. But you have COVID. Right. What are you doing? Stardew Valley. You don't you don't feel like you'd be starting a project or No. I mean not you were fucking sick. Like you were way out of it. 
even like, you know, we talked when last Wednesday. So we yeah. talked a week ago. You were a couple days in at that point. And then we also talked on Saturday. Mm. Saturday, you were like, I'm feeling good. And we talked for a 30 minute Town Watch episode. And at the end of that episode, you were leaning your head against the wall with your eyes closed. Like, <laughs> you know, like you, I would, would I have a similar feeling as you voiced of, I have all this time. I wish I could be feeling, but like, I wish I was feeling better so I could do some shit. Yes, absolutely. But I would totally just play Stardew Valley or some other, you know, escapist game thing. I mean, that's all you can do. I also wonder if it isn't good just to stop. Yeah. Like, I, I genuinely feel like when I wake up from this, my brain will have reset a bit. Right. I firmly believe that you should treat the what day? What day? Let me look at a calendar here. You should treat the 16th, 15th of January every year as your writer's retreat in Pismo Beach. I think I'm gonna you go, should, I might, you should I just might go reclaim that space. I don't know. I just remember having headaches and shaking. Yeah, that's true. But boy, that felt to me, if a person was feeling well, like the absolute idyllically perfect situation for getting some real shit done. My friend, when I was coming down with it, and this is the last story I'll tell, I was at my friend's house and I was coming down with, it was hitting me. Yeah. So everything was like distorting. Like the fever was sh like going up very quickly as it turns yeah. out. I was sitting there shaking and everything was like, Ooh. it was just, everything was going in and out of focus. And my yeah. friend was telling me this kind of horrible story about something her racist neighbor did. Oh, geez. And she went into his house and she's like, I realized very slow. Like it was this very surreal story about, she's like, he's like, come in, I want to show you something. And then he, she, he begins to show her that he has a collection of little figurines of enslaved people, like oh. old fashioned, you know, like that. Oh no. And she's like, first then I saw one and like, here's an, here's an, and then she's like, and then I started to look around. Oh my God. And I realized they were all around the room. And she's like, my wife loves these. She like sleeps with them at night. She's like, what <sighs> the fuck is going on? Hey, baby, if, if you're hearing this and I'm telling your story, I know that like it was, it, she was so like, I need to get out of here. I don't under, like, I just. Yeah. First, I need to get out. Then I need to figure out what the fuck that was. Then I need to burn my house down and but, my neighbor's house down. But she said it was like this time when she was little. And she's told me this story many times. And it's an amazing story that she was playing in a in a creek with these other two little kids. And mm -hmm. I feel like this is a good story for our times. All right. The other two kids were smaller than her. And she was like seven and they were five or something. And they were playing and they were stepping across this, these rocks or across the creek, which was only a couple inches high or something. Uh huh. And the other little girl said, don't step there. It's a snake. And she was like, what do you mean? It's a rock. And the girl goes, that's a snake. And she was about to put her foot down and she looked. And indeed, the rock that she was about to put her foot down was a coiled up snake. Weesh. And she pulled her foot back and she stared around. And then she looked and she realized there was another rock next to her. It was not a rock. It was a coiled up snake. 
And she's like, and then I turned and there was a third one. Coiled up snake. She's like, I was surrounded. Jones level shit now. I was surrounded by snakes. And I was about to step on a snake, a big snake. I'm guessing it was probably a black racer. Okay. But she said they were kind of different colors, but those are big ass snakes. And when they coil up, they do kind of look like rocks. So she said it felt like that where she's like, I walked in and I saw one. And then I looked at her and then all of a sudden my eyes like went. She sees all. She's like, it's all snakes. It's just all snakes. She's telling me this while my fever is spiking (laughs) and I'm trying to drill my attention to her because she's telling me many other important emotional facts about this. And it's so important, but she's also going in and out of focus. And I'm thinking like the the horrible figurines, the racism, the snakes, and it's all like, and I'm trying to keep her in focus and sit upright and everything's kind of just going, whoa. And I just thought, I'm really having quite an allergy attack here. (laughs) This is wild. So anyway, the intro was this wild story about racism and snakes. Yeah. So that's how my memory of it kind of going down. Right. So anyway, it's all snakes, Dan. Am I I still talking? I feel like you have perked up even since we began. I know. I really have. I also took some medicine like 15 minutes before we started. That'll do it. So I think it's starting to to kick in a little bit. I took a bunch of like big strength day. I'm really sorry for still talking guys. Well, I, I'm not sure why you're apologizing for talking on your podcast. I just, (laughs) so much of this week has been a, has been an emotion. It's a, it's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. And we are all on this journey with you. I also tell you, there's some nice airports out there. Yeah. You sent a photo of that San Luis Obispo airport. San Luis Obispo airport. It's the goddamn nicest airport I have ever seen. Here's what you do. You check in. You go through security. That takes about 30 seconds. Yeah. You immediately leave through a door and enter an outdoor area. Yeah. It is entirely outdoors. It's got trees. It's got those Adriatic chairs. There's a little stall. You can buy beer. You just sit outside in the sun. Yeah. Get fresh air. Then there's one terminal. There's just a door at the end of this one room yeah that's it and you go in and that's where the plane is wow and if you want you can buy a sandwich or a coffee and as i did a shirt i got a shirt that said san luis obispo the happiest place on earth i was like i literally did been here done it got the t-shirt i bought the goddamn (laughs) t-shirt it's perfect and i I bought a coffee and i sat outside and i was able to sit over like way in the corner far far away from everybody and drink my coffee yeah i had a little wee free library there I love it. Had a goddamn wee free library. Denver Airport is full of like fantastic food. Mm -hmm. Couldn't eat any of it. Very nice though. Then it turns out LaGuardia during COVID, they burned that place down and built a new one. I know. Goddamn water sculptures that come from the sky. It's, It's like the best restaurants. It's got waterfalls and beautiful seats and art. It got nice. The last time I was at LaGuardia, I was literally, this is not a joke. I was sitting next to a bucket filled with de-icer that had a fake fur coat wrapped around <laughs> Sure. And I had a lot of questions about it. I went to security. I said, there's a bucket of de-icer with a coat wrapped around it. Is that supposed to be there? A couple people mentioned it. Nobody seemed to mind that there was a bucket of de-icer pretending to be a person. 
Sure. It's not like that now. My favorite uh, fixture in LaGuardia was down the like walkway that led to the United Gates mm. was a permanent hose attached to a tarp attached to the ceiling yeah. that then would drain into a garbage can. Yeah, and sounds about right. And that was there the very first time I ever flew into LaGuardia in, I would say, 2011. And it was there the very last time I flew into LaGuardia in probably 2019. LaGuardia is like Disney World now. It's beautiful. I've heard. Oh, it's so nice. And they have a Strand bookstore in there. Oh, wow. Nine Liars was on display. Nice. And it was also... Julie Devious was there in the tattered cover in Denver. Look at you. So I was like, that's nice. You're done. Your work is done. Well, there's one book in each. You don't get a lot, but you get the one. You're like, hey, you get the one. I've also decided that Malcolm Gladwell exists entirely to be published in airports. Oh, yeah. They seem to have airport editions of him. Yes. Oh, without a doubt that he is like the perfect airport author. He's like, what if? Yeah. Pop business. That's your that's your bread and butter of your of your airport. Book How to sales. succeed without succeeding in two hours? Yeah, I think they make him sound like Richard Nixon. That guy, the I think it's the habit guy, the power of habit. Uh huh. That hot dummy. They got that guy. They paid that guy to testify on behalf of the publishers in the in the antitrust trial. That was the guy. Oh, that they paid people. King King Scab there. And that guy, that guy is a beautiful tropical fish. <laughs> that guy's testimony was wild. I believe it. He appeared, uh, according to his version of publishing, you get a book deal. Your editor calls you twice a day, every mm-hmm. single day. Sure. He helps you write every single chapter. Ooh, nice. You go in, people like fawn over you when you walk through the halls. You sell millions of copies. Mm-hmm. And everybody is in contact with you all the time. And that's just how publishing is. That is. There's so many dudes like that in publishing where they're just like, it, Potamkin villages exist for them. Yeah. They walk in and everyone's like, we're so, it's like they come in, they, we're so happy to see you. Anyway, that guy. That guy. Beautiful tropical fish. But Dan, also shout out HarperCollins Union, day 53 of the strike. Jesus. Holding the line. Good job. Out in the cold today. Hold in the line. Keep it up. Do you want to talk about the news now? I mean, we could. I'll shut, I'll shut up now. I'm going to drink water. I sat down this morning to put together some notes. And I thought, Maureen is sick. Maureen has certainly been out of the loop. There's all sorts of ways we could take this. But I feel like we need to kind of, I feel like we need to ease our way back into the yeah. news. And ease you back into the news. And so what I thought, instead of discussing the sort of regular day-to-day stuff. Thought I would catch you up on the many lies of George Santos. This is what I want. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Felt like a good, it's like chicken soup for news. Can I just say one thing? Yes. I'm very, very excited because there's been an exciting development here in New York. Yes. There's a place called Momofuku Noodle Bar. Yeah. It's famous for having some of the best ramen and stuff in the city. Yeah. Never could eat there. They don't make a vegetarian one. Okay. They decided to do it. They made a vegan ramen that apparently is the best goddamn thing in the entire world. I believe it. Like they spent a year developing it. 
I, uh, I over the kind of pandemic, everything getting ordered, I got obsessed with their chili crisp. Mm. It's good chili crisp there. I would eat that shit with everything. I might eat that ramen soup. You should. I, I looked at it last night. I was like, oh, look at the soup. I think you I, you absolutely deserve that soup, Maureen. I might, get that, I might get that soup tonight. Well, let me tell you before you get to the soup. Okay. Let me tell you about George Santos. He is the first... Well, first of all, he is he is a U.S. House rep recently elected from your neck of the woods. He represents parts of Long Island and Queens. Mm -hmm. He's a Republican. He is the first non-incumbent, openly gay Republican elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. He has also told an astonishing number of lies, Mm -hmm. all of which have been disclosed only after he won the election and in fact just prior to him uh being seated in the house at the beginning of the year uh it has it's a story that's been unfolding for a while i think the first revelations were uh were found in sort of mid-december or so but i just thought because there seem to be new ones every day maureen i thought i would catch you up okay on george santos let's start all the way back in high school in 2008, so when he claims to have graduated high school, he attended, he says he attended the prestigious Horace Mann School in the Bronx. Yeah, it's a very prestigious school. Yes. He says, though, that he didn't graduate from there because he had to drop out as a senior in 2008 because his parents, quote, fell on hard times. Isn't Horace Mann free? I don't know. Oh. But, uh, but... It doesn't matter because a spokesperson for Horace Mann told CNN that they actually have no record of Santos ever attending, let alone dropping out in 2008. The only thing we do know is that he later got a GED. Okay. After high school, he says he attended Baruch College, I think is how you pronounce it. Baruch College, yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of the city university schools in New York. He said he graduated with a degree in economics in 2010, which is a little surprising if he graduated high school in 2008. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a whirlwind. That's real fast. It's a real a whirlwind job. of a college education, though. He also says he graduated in the top one percent. So maybe he's just that smart. That's really good. He also was a star volleyball player there. Nice. Yeah. Spiking those balls. Sweet. For old Baruch. Hey. <laughs> After that, he attended NYU for graduate school where he received an MBA. Okay. However, All right. Baruch has no record of him ever attending, hmm. nor does NYU. Hmm. And later, Santos admitted to the New York Post that he, quote, didn't graduate from any institution of higher learning. Huh. So he has GED. Yep. And no, no post high school education whatsoever. Cool. Despite having said he went to an exclusive high school and then college and Graduate school. Mm. It's just just the start of it, Maureen. Because really, who among us hasn't said they attended a high school in two different universities when they didn't enroll in any of them? Right. I mean, that's just kind of the way things work. That's pretty normal. Yeah. Certainly, the man is a wealthy financier, as he has claimed for many, many years. He has claimed to have doubled the revenue in a project that he worked on at Goldman Sachs. Oh, very good. He also says that he worked in the real estate wing of Citigroup. Mm -hmm. 
However, at okay. this point now, both Citigroup and Goldman have said he's never worked there. And in fact, the real estate portion of Citigroup that he claims to have worked at was sold off when he was still in high school. Wherever that was. He, when he ran for office in 2010, he ran in 2010 and lost. He won in 2022. Uh, he, he ran said in that 2010? He, uh, two, no, 2020. Okay. Thank you. When he ran for office in 2020, uh, which is a race he lost, he won in 2022. He said that he worked as a VP at a business development company called Linkbridge, where he brought in a million dollars in revenue in just six months. That's great. However, Linkbridge was involved in a lawsuit in 2019, and now they have pulled up testimony where they say that he was just a freelancer who sold sponsorships for events. Okay, that's different. Yes. After he lost that race in 2020, he says he went to work for a Florida investment firm called Harbor City Capital, where he says he managed a $1.5 billion fund that brought in returns of up to 26%. That's great. Yes. His um, his job was actually in, in that firm was documented in today's Washington Post. A lot of what his job involved was meeting up with people and convincing them to invest their money so that they could take part in those 26 percent returns. Well, it turns out. OK. In April of 2021, the Security Exchange Commission shut down Harbor City Capital because it was a Ponzi scheme that defrauded millions and millions and millions of dollars from their investors. Uh, Santos did not get, uh, he was not implicated in that, but he certainly did lose his job. Now, one of the interesting things here is that in that job, he did not use the name George Santos. He used the name George DeVolder, okay. his mother's maiden name. And DeVolder is where he is what he named the company that he started after uh, after Harbor City Capital shut down. So DeVolder was his his company. He told the news organization Semaphore that it was a business that helped rich people buy stuff like boats and planes and things mm -hmm. like that. Stuff they need. Yeah. Quote, I'd go look out there with my Rolodex, he told Semaphore, quote, and be like, hey, are you looking for a plane? Are you looking for a boat? Mm. I just put that feeler out there. I do that. I mean, I feel like if someone were to ask me. Right. If you ran a company that sold boats and planes to rich people, how would you do that? Um. I did have someone over dinner one day try to convince me to buy a yacht. And yeah. I was um I was amazed that that this person thought that I was going to be able to buy a yacht. <laughs> like, what if you bought this yacht? It's cheap. I'm like, what are you doing? So I one can maybe my, see it. One of my favorite pieces of hate mail that I ever got when I did Punk Planet, early in Punk Planet. Uh we got a a letter that is probably still upstairs in my attic if I dug around, but it was kind of scrawled on a piece of paper, said that we were, you know, sellouts. We weren't real punks. And we were probably sitting making this magazine on our yacht. <laughs> anyway. Were you? Yes. 
See that? I mean, where else does a person make a magazine in a building? Exactly. I mean, zines are famous for their yachts. Exactly. I believe they also spelled yacht wrong. You're that way. Okay, sorry. Uh-oh. Oh, no. It's, it's the blocked ears. Oh, boy. It's the blocked ears that do that. Okay. So George Santos, otherwise known as George DeVolder, is running a company called DeVolder where he's just calling people up randomly and asking if they would like to buy a plane or a boat. <laughs> He later would go on to claim that DeVolder made somewhere between three and a half and $11 million. It's a pretty wide amount. Some money. Before it dissolved last year. Of course, there is no record of this company actually existing. That's there's funny. There's no website. There's no LinkedIn. And the New York Times points out that his campaign finance disclosures list no clients. That's tough. Now, the other thing that's weird, whose name is George Santos? had previously also identified himself as George DeVolder, named his company DeVolder, seems to have operated that company under the name of Anthony DeVolder. Okay. Yeah. He also claims to have been a successful landlord, having managed 13 properties for his family's real estate empire, except there's no record of any of those properties actually existing. Okay. And the only, uh, the only facts that can be figured out about George Santos and real estate is that he's been evicted twice. That fortune that he says he made from non-existent real estate and from selling boats to rich friends, he says, is why he was able to lend his congressional campaign $500,000 this fall, which was a amount that was a real shot in the arm to uh, what had been sort of a flailing campaign. He, because with campaign finance, you have to disclose everything, including if you are giving your own campaign your own money. Right. In the campaign finance disclosures, there is a checkbox that you check that says personal loan. And that's what he filed. Except this week, they just revised all of their campaign finance, including that checkbox is no longer checked for the $500,000 which means he got a half million dollars from someone, not himself, and we don't know who. The One of the more remarkable things about George Santos is that the lies are not just top-level shit like where he went to high school or college or all of the jobs he's had or the holdings he had or how he made his money or anything like that, but also real small-scale stuff like he claims to have run a foundation called the Friends of Pets United. Ah, Yes that says they saved 2,500 dogs and cats between 2013 and 2018. I like the sound of that. Yes, except there are no records of that organization ever existing. There's no IRS records and there's no state registrations of any nonprofits under that name. Mm. We do know that he held a fundraiser as part of Friends of Pets United for an animal rescue in New Jersey in 2017. They charged $50 a ticket and that group never got a dime. He kept making excuses for why he couldn't get them the money. Friends of Pets United also launched a GoFundMe for a homeless military vet whose dog needed $3,000 in medical care. Santos seems to have kept the money. The dog died. (sighs) But, you know, all of that's not great. But certainly his, his personal life... His his the life story that had him uh, be the 
grandson of Holocaust survivor, uh, the son of a mother who died because she was exposed to toxic chemicals because she worked at the World Trade Center in 2001. Uh, And that he is uh, a gay man who lives, in fact, in Long Island with his husband and four dogs. Except, well, the husband never was seen campaigning with him. Okay. The Daily Beast has not been able to surface any marriage certificate. And when he arrived in Congress this January, he was conspicuously not wearing a wedding ring. He faked a husband. We do know that he was married before. Okay. Because there is a marriage license to a woman in Queens. He was married to from 2012 to 2019 and then divorced. And there is a divorce record for that. Okay. But he faked his husband. He seems to have faked his husband. Whoa. As far as anyone knows. Who knows if there are four dogs? Yeah, I was going to say, does he have dogs? I don't know. So his mother, who he has claimed repeatedly died from complications from working at the World Trade Center on September 11th. There is no record of her working at the World Trade Center. And in fact, there is records of her living in Brazil and applying for a visa between 1999 and like 2003, when she couldn't have left the country. So she seems to have been in Brazil. His claims that his grandmother survived the Holocaust. There are no genealogical records of anyone with any connection to him with any Jewish heritage whatsoever, which is also weird because he has claimed to be Jewish. Right. And when called on that, he said, no, what I meant was that I'm like a Jew. I'm Jew hyphen ish. This guy is the real deal. Yeah. Things get weird from there. Recently, Brazilian drag queen Eula Rocard, I think is how you would pronounce her last name, has come forward and claimed that Santos used to perform in drag in Brazil, regularly participating in pageants there in the early 2000s. Now, if you're doing math, that's the same time frame that he claimed to be in high school in New York. Okay. He originally denied these claims but has now gone on record saying, quote, I had fun at a festival. Sue me for having a life. Now, the whole sort of doing drag, using the name Anthony DeVolder, people have now surfaced a bio for a Wikipedia user who uses the name Anthony DeVolder, who claims to have had a drag career in Brazil, and then went on to appear on Hannah Montana, and The Sweet Life with Zack and Cody, both Disney Channel staples, before going on to star in the movie The Invasion with Uma Thurman. Um. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know where I don't know what to do. <laughs> Well, first of all, there is no movie called The Invasion starring Uma Thurman, so there's that. Okay, so that's one place to start. Yeah. (laughs) It is like every single thing about him, including often his name, is not true. (laughs) When you meet, I think that absolute fantasists are the most amazingly fascinating people. Yes. They fascinate. 
Yes. Um, I met one in college. Yeah. He was a total fantasist. He just, he would tell us all these things. Like he had a girlfriend who died in a car accident. And he's the night before he had showered her. It was like the room. It was like he was telling us the story of the room. Yeah. And then I realized that the story kept slightly changing. Yeah. He kept missing classes. He didn't go to class and he was failing out. And he's like, well, it's because I'm going to you pen on the side and I'm studying Japanese. And finally sure. I said, I was like, where were you? He's like, I was at Penn studying Japanese. I was like, cool. Where are your books? And he just stared at me and he went, they're in my car. I said, cool, let's go to your car. Let's go to your car. I got time. Let's go to your car. And he just went blank and walked out of the room. Wow. Um, but he would just tell, like, there was no girlfriend. There was no car accident. There was no Japanese. It was everything he said was a lie. Yeah. It was wild. This seems to be true. Your friend did not run for public office. I That was a while ago, Dan. I mean, I could absolutely see it Maybe happening. Maybe he's George Santos. Maybe he is George Santos. But fantasists are wild. Like, they are, they, they really get me. I really like a fantasist. So every part of this guy's life story is fake. Yeah. It's wild. There are some New York-level Republicans calling for him to step down. But because the House of Representatives has such slim margins, no one in House leadership, Kevin McCarthy, etc., are calling for him to step down. And one might think, well, okay, but certainly they're not going to appoint him to committees and things like that. But in fact, he is now sitting on the Committee of Small Business and the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. We're an amazing country, Dad. He had previously lobbied to sit on the Foreign Policy Committee and also the committee that oversees the financial sector, assuming that he probably cited his extensive background working in the very financial sector that he could oversee. Dan, I was never that into the House of Representatives before, but now it is such a goddamn house full of monkeys that... Oh, yeah. I mean, just a circus. Yes. Um, it's like when I met that guy on tour, and he was like, I, I used to drive the monkey truck. I'm like, this is the <laughs> monkey truck. Yeah. You got Kevin McCarthy, who's there at... He knows that it's like uh, it's like he works for the Dread Pirate Roberts, you know? Any day, mm -hmm. we may kill you tomorrow. <laughs> At any moment, they could boot him. Fucking Matt Getz sitting there. Fucking Lauren Boebert sitting next to him. George Santos in the back. No one will talk to him. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's a, it's a clown show, but you're not totally sure if they are like squeeze their nose clowns or poison the entire audience clowns. Oh, it's definitely the it clown. Yeah. It's definitely the clown that hides below the window and... Yeah. Was it you that did that? <laughs> oh, my God, Maureen. I had forgotten about that. Please tell that story one more time. I need it. One of who is now the teenager's birthdays. I would gut he was eight, nine, something like that. It was his birthday. <laughs> and I looked past him and I waved out the window. <laughs> And he quick turned around and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. And then he was like, okay. And then uh, later on, I did it again. 
And he was like, what are you doing? And finally, I told him, I hired a clown to stand outside the house. <laughs> but I paid them that every time you looked out the window, they needed to duck. This is the greatest story I've ever He got very upset. Oh, my God. You're a good dad. And then finally, I was like, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Because he was upset about it. And then like an hour later, I waved out the window again. <laughs> oh, no. I'm killing Maureen. Oh, no. Oh, God. That's good. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I got so many tissues. Well, you are looking worse now. Remember earlier when I was like, I feel like you've perked up. You're shivering. <laughs> oh, no. It goes you up like, and down. Maureen's clutching her arms very close to herself. I, I feel like I probably fine. don't look my best as well. I'm not looking at my own reflection. I'm not. Yeah. Says who? You're very polite not to mention like, wow, you look like a drowned rat. Yeah, you look fine. I mean, you look like somebody that has a cold. Thank you. You don't look like a drowned rat. COVID man. Says who is made possible by you through yeah. your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where every Sunday, most every Sunday, pretty much every Sunday, you get this all over again if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level. And that $10 a month level gets you an amazing sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. Patreon.com slash Says Who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo was designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter, at Says Who at omfg.town on Mastodon. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at Says Who Podcast. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There is also the fan run discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who discord. Wherever you connect with other listeners, wherever you are doing whatever, please spread the word, subscribe and leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to this thing. And you can join us on Wednesday February 1st, the month of January is rapidly coming to a close. Our very next episode will be on the very first day of February. And you can see us there. From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. I'm going to take a shower. Good job. <laughs> I'm going to put one of those little shower. I have those little shower tabs. that have this eucalyptus. Okay. I'm going to do that. It's going to be nice. A little eucalyptus shower. Yeah. Sounds I'm nice. Yeah, there's a, a open up. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. I'm this, glad that you're home. I'm cold. It's really cold. Yeah, you here. look like you've gotten cold. It's really, really cold. I think here. you have. I think you have a fever. I'm fine. You're not fine. I took, that, the, I took the medicine, but I'm really, really cold. Yeah. That is Maureen Johnson from her uh, home back home in New York City, no longer haunting Pismo Beach, California. And this has been says who. Hi, everybody.